Welcome to the People in Your Neighborhood podcast, the podcast where I introduce you to the people in our neighborhood of Northern Indiana, people making an impact that you may not have a chance to meet. Today I'm talking with Yolo Lopez Perez. She is a bilingual journalist working here in Northern Indiana. We'll learn about that and also about how she developed the first Indiana Latino Business Expo through her work with the Center for Healing and Hope. We're here at Fables Books. You can check out the video I did on their opening. Um, that'll be done in the description and it'll be up in the little card that they have here, but you can check that out. Take a look at uh, Fables Books. I just want to thank them for letting us have Yolo and myself here. Mm -hmm. Hi Yolo, thanks for coming. Thanks Brian, thanks for inviting me. Um, before we get too deep uh -huh. to like talk about, I want to, I like to find out a little bit about the people I'm talking to. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, well, so I guess we can begin with, um, I was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, it's the city known for its wonderful mariachi. If you've seen the guys um, really dressed up in the sombreros and the, the instruments, that's the mariachi. I'm really proud of, of that city of mine. I moved here with my mom when I was seven, uh, not knowing any word of, a word of English. Um, so I grew up in Elkhart and then I went to Goshen College and now I live in Goshen with my husband, who is part Italian, um, and my two daughters, who are four and five. All right, cool. Um, what has your professional career been like? Yeah, so my professional career has been interesting. I majored in broadcasting when I went to college. Um, I've, ha I've always had a passion for journalism since I was in high school. I was on that uh, TV show and I actually came up with an idea of having a really cool intro of, okay, we gotta be really hardcore, and it was a fun intro. I'm not gonna say what it was, <laughs> but, um, so that's when I noticed my passion for writing and telling stories, um, similar to you, Brian. Um, so in college, I majored in journal or broadcasting, which gave me a really broad spectrum of video production, um, writing, communication pieces, a lot of that, but, um, my other passion is also to help people. Mm -hmm. So after graduating, um, I worked at Fox 28 um, as a production assistant, well before that then an intern and some um, MJ multimedia journalist. Um, but then I worked in WFRN doing uh, radio news as well and I really loved that. But then I felt, okay, I need to explore a different side of me that loves helping people. So I. Uh, moved away in 2012 to Costa Rica and down there I um, was pretty much an independent what do you call a uh, person who helps people that are in need okay. and I just had that passion I said okay I want to be able to tell stories I did not get to do a lot of that on my own mm -hmm. but I did get to meet a lot of people um, so I lived down there for about three years and then another opportunity came up to work freelance um, for another ministry that was based out of the U.S. that was similar in Costa Rica. So I moved uh, to Mexico, uh, lived with my dad, who lives down there currently still, and I did that for about a year. And then there was another opportunity in Panama, like the country Panama. Okay. So then I took that one as well. So um, I've had different tasks uh -huh. to, you know, the people that hired me at, at that time was you know, they had a specific goal, this is what we need. It was related to uh, broadcasting. And so okay. they would provide some assistance, whether it was um, the housing, and then I would be able to tell stories and be with the locals in those places. So 
that was quite a phenomenal part of my life. And um, after, I think it was four or five years, I came back. So I got back, I would say two and a half years ago, almost three. Um, and I still wanted to help people. So I looked up um, nonprofit organizations in the area and I found Center for Healing and Hope. So that's currently where I'm at, at the Center for Healing and Hope. Um, and I can talk more about that later, but it's a nonprofit urgent care clinic that helps people that are marginalized or don't have access to any health insurance. Okay. All right. Now, I want to talk about the doing things for people. I would, you know, I'm 45. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do when I grow mm -hmm. up. Um, I teach right now, so I, I love being able to work with the students, have them be able to see opportunities in their lives. What were, um, what's one thing that you did or a couple of, like a favorite memory, like when you were in Costa Rica or doing something mm -hmm. else, like maybe how you were able to actually help somebody or a group of people? What mm -hmm. was one of those things? Sure. So in Costa Rica, one of the examples that I can think of, um, I was working for a nonprofit um, ministry that te does Bible teachings on video, high quality Bible teachings. Um, and they were based out of the US. So I was doing some video production work for them and translating into Spanish. But then the other part of me, um, I began meeting locals and just kind of creating little groups of fellowship and let's just spend time together. I want to learn about you. They really wanted to know about me as a Mexican. Um, apparently Costa Ricans have a, a good impression of Mexicans, but I felt kind of like like on the spotlight, like they uh -huh. were just asking so many questions. So getting to develop those relationships with the, cool. with the Ticos, um, learning their customs because it's so different from Mexico. Um, and then a lot of them, um, I, I would go on foot and specifically there was one family who was, who I met, he was living in a, with his wife and three little kids um, in the town called Sabalito and his house was falling apart. And so I took footage of it. I said, can I try to raise money for you? And he's like, sure. Like he was very humble and it was, the house was in horrible shape. So out of just my passion to help, I had my camera, my, my camera at the moment. And I just started taking different video shots. Mm -hmm. And long story short, I put it together, put it on YouTube. I think you can actually still find it. Um, I don't know what the title is, but it's still up there. And I put this emotional music in the background mm -hmm. and I explain with text um, how much we wanted to raise and why it was important for him to have a roof over you know, his house and not metal that was you know, not only breaking, but it was hurting their health and mm -hmm. they were getting wet. His whole family was getting wet. Um, so I ended up being able to help him financially through some of the stuff, the donations that were coming in. Um, so that's one of my favorite. In Panama, I had a lot of favorite ones as well, but my top was finding a neighborhood of one of the most poor neighborhoods in the area where I was at. I was in um, the farm area, the mm -hmm. countryside. Okay. I wasn't in the city. So I, through my relationships and knowing other um, tourists that were in the area, um, but I lived there for a year, I got to know the small neighborhood of parents who have a lot of children because they don't have access to, you know, healthcare or uh, family planning services, whatever it is that they need. They didn't have clean water. So there was all these kids roaming around and apparently that, that neighborhood was known for that. It was known for a lot of kids without mm -hmm. adequate clean water, 
and adequate food and nutrition. A lot of kids with, you know, obesity and that's when I started realizing health was really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, and to make another long story short, I also ended up creating, um, pulling together people, um, especially uh, people that were visiting from the states that wanted to make an impact as themselves, not necessarily groups, just couples. Mm -hmm. So I would take them to this neighborhood after I spent a lot of time with the kids. And I also did a video clip. I put a video clip together and I put it on YouTube. Um, and we were able, with time, we bought, um, we bought like Gatorade jugs and mm -hmm. we had one house that would say, okay, we'll provide this for the kids. Um, we were able to put concrete um, and shade into like this community house that turned into. So that's my favorite out nice. of that. That's, yeah. That's cool. Like being able to use your skills to mm -hmm. be able to like, and I think as a journalist, it's you, you just, I think there's a natural draw to people's stories. Mm -hmm. And so that's really awesome. So with that national or international experience, I guess, being able to help other people, came back home, wanted to come back and help. And you started working with the Center for Healing and Hope. Mm -hmm. Talk about like what you do now with mm -hmm. them. What are some of the things you do? Sure. So at the Center for Healing and Hope, as I said earlier, it's, an, it's a nonprofit urgent care center um, and now chronic care as well um, that attends people that don't have any insurance. Um, and it, there's a lot of reasons why people don't have insurance. They either don't qualify, they are new in the area, um, or they just switch jobs, or they're going through a financial crisis, many reasons. Um, but the Center for Healing and Hope focuses on providing that affordable care mm -hmm. um, that we have that's, you know, we all know it's, a, it's an issue um, nationwide, but that's one of the reasons why I love working there because it's a small clinic doing a huge impact and one of life's most important needs because if we can be um, healthy, mm -hmm. then we can work, then we can attend our kids, we can attend our spouses. Um, health is just very essential. So at the Center for Healing and Hope, I started as a patient advocate working with patients so I would listen to their stories. Again, I loved it because mm -hmm. patients would come and I would say, well, what do you need to be seen for? Um, some of them could not make the payments. Um, it's not expensive, it's a $40 payment to see a doctor and they volunteer their time and mm -hmm. the nurses as well. So we're super grateful for that. Um, so I would get to hear their story. They would say, oh, I just moved in or I just, I'm going through financial crisis, whatever it was and then we would find ways to help them still get seen without that being an obstacle. Um, I did that for, I would say, almost a year, and then I moved into development. So development deals more with, now that I know the story, now mm -hmm. that I know the people we work with, now how can we continue supporting the clinic through the donations okay. of individuals? Okay, that's, yeah, then it ties. I mean, it's like you talked mm -hmm. about finding those ways to help people. Um, how, it's one of the things I've loved about moving to this community, how hard of a job is that? I mean, do you find that there's a lot of, and I'm sure there, there's always a need, mm -hmm. but how have you seen people step up? Our donors have been amazing. Um, our donors are always very caring and supportive. It is challenging at times, especially, um, you know, when growth happens expenses happen, mm -hmm. but it's a good thing. So mm -hmm. we have good problems in a way. Um, but our donors have been very responsive and 
I, that's what I, one of the reasons I enjoy this development positions because not, not only do I do events that raise money to do good in the community, to provide an essential need, but I also get to tell stories. So mm -hmm. it's not maybe through video this time, um, but I still get to tell the story and I get to talk to patients still. I'm able to be on the phone um, when, someone, when one of our secretaries is sick and the patient just starts talking to me and I just sit there and I'm like, oh, you're tugging at my heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's been nice. One of the other things um, that I read about is you talked about creating the Indiana Latino Business Expo. Mm -hmm. um, why, what is that and then why did you start that? Mm -hmm. So the Indiana Latino Business Expo is two years new. Um, we launched it, the Center for Healing and Hope launched it as a fundraising event, but also as a part of outreach to the Latino community because of the, gr the number of patients that are Latino that come to the clinic. Mm -hmm. And we have Latino businesses that support the clinic financially. And so one day we had an open house and we invited those business owners and we said, now what, what can the clinic do for you to help? Mm -hmm. And this idea came up, you know, it'd be great if there was some sort of event that could uh, unite us so we could get to know each other and we could, you know, also network with other um, broader businesses in the area that we're not used to. And so that's when I thought, okay, you know, I know some of these business owners from Elkhart, Goshen, some in South Bend. Um, why don't we do this event and the board approved it and what's been really nice is that all the proceeds go to Center for Healing and Hope. Cool. So um, we just had one in June, it was the second one and it was a huge success. So we had about 40 um, business participating with an exhibit just showcasing the services that they offer, um, products and an opportunity to network within themselves and to um, also meet the resources of our local chambers. So we mm -hmm. also partnered with our chambers okay, cool. to be there and provide that because we are, I consider ourselves, you know, we can be that uh, starting point, that connection point, but they're the experts when it comes to business. So it's been a nice partnership. Um, is it important to you to, uh, this is a leading question, I know the answer, but why is it important for you to be able to bring this information into the Latino community or make it more obvious mm -hmm. to the, the Latino community? I definitely think it's important to um, be able to provide this sort of support to the Latino community. Um, one, because there's already a, a growing population in Goshen, um, and as we know, in Michiana and nationwide. Um, two, because I've I truly believe when I was speaking to our local chamber um, partners, I was telling them, you know, they were expressing some of their goals and wanting to do outreach, but they didn't have, you know, the language mm -hmm. or some of those okay. cultural aspects. So um, to me, it's an honor to be able to help that way, to be able to say, you guys have amazing resources. How can we partner to then make this demographic um, or these people more powerful in what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. They're already opening up businesses. They're, they're gonna do it either way. Mm -hmm. So why not give them the correct resources um, and help them grow and then that'll benefit everybody else. I think just listening to you talk about it, I think it, it's something that the Latino community is gonna do anyways. It's something that the non-Latino community, I mean, I have mm -hmm. something I wanna sell. Mm -hmm. I wanna be successful. I wanna reach as big an audience as possible. So I think that 
I can't see it, you know, it's a win-win situation. Yep. Let's talk about the, you talked a little bit, touched on the increasing Latino community. I teach at the middle school and it's, you know, it's just 50%. I mean, how is that, how have you seen that change since you moved here? How have you mm -hmm. seen the community change? I have definitely seen a huge change in the amount of not only immigrants that continue to come, um, but just the way our culture is growing mm -hmm. within, the, within the United States. And you know, it's a fascinating topic to me. We could go so many ways and there's so many <laughs> things to say about it. Um, and I get really passionate. So I call my dad who's in Mexico. Um, he is a social worker and a doctor and has a, a bunch, I can't keep up with all his degrees. but. <laughs> You know, one thing he keeps reminding me of is, you know, don't forget your culture or try to teach the, your daughters, you know, the mm -hmm. Latino culture. And he knows that it's a struggle teaching, passing on the Spanish. I'm struggling with that as we speak um, because, you know, every day they use English. Mm -hmm. And at home, even though I speak Spanish and my husband speaks Spanish a little bit, um, there's still that struggle. So it's definitely changing. But I know from talking to other people, and one of those is my husband, you know, who said, I really wish I could have, I would have learned Italian, or mm -hmm. um, I would have loved to pass that down to our kids. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it's more challenging, especially the more Latino kids are born here. The more they're born here, the, the more uh, chances they have of losing that language mm -hmm. and then they meet other kids and then it's yeah. like oh you know we're from the same background but we speak Spanish no big deal and then if we as parents don't do a good job at you know encouraging the cultural um, ways and the the language then that's how it gets lost mm -hmm. and the next thing you know we're gonna have a, a lot of Latinos in the United States of America um, who don't speak any Spanish, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing, yeah. but it's definitely a huge twist. Well, it's a, a piece of that culture. And, and like your husband, my, my grandparents are first generation Americans. And so, you know, by the time, you know, they didn't speak any mm -hmm. German around me. And, and it's, it, for me, being a journalist and being interested, it's mm -hmm. watching the students in my class are some of the, you know, it's good they, they they are speaking to each other in spanish and they mm -hmm. they i think they don't realize it that richness of a culture that they could have and mm -hmm. how to make it blend with everything else so it's yeah well and one of the things i really appreciate about goshen is you know the program at one of the schools that um is I, I'm, I, don't, I don't have a lot of the details of it, but I know that they teach Spanish, mm -hmm. not only to kids that speak Spanish, but also to any other child who, you uh -huh. know, who wants to learn Spanish, so they don't have to be Latino. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the way we're gonna be growing as a nation. I mean, the more people can get on board with speaking more than one language, no matter what it is, um, the more we're gonna be able to succeed and we're gonna be able to enhance job opportunities it's been a huge help for me to be able to speak both languages. But I do remember yelling at my dad and my mom and saying, I don't want to talk Spanish. Get away from me as a teenager. And, uh, but they pushed through it. They pushed and I speak it. Good, so. good for them and good for you. Yeah. I know as, a parent, and, and as a parent, I'm sure that there's things that you fight with your daughters with, but uh, yep. that's, that's cool. What's, um, what's next? I mean, do you have some plans for the future? I, I came across you by your Facebook page 
mm-hmm. bilingual reporter like Google or somebody else, and you're kind of doing freelance news, mm-hmm. just kind of trying to tell the stories in the community. What are some of the things you do, continue to do with your journalism mm-hmm. background? So journalism is something I'm never going to leave. Um, you know, as journalists, I think it's always going to stick to us. Um, so I definitely do that on the side as freelance. I do voiceover work for uh, marketing agencies who need a nice voice, and I can modify my voice. You'd be surprised how I can do different types <laughs> of voices. Um, so on the side, I love doing that. Um, I love telling stories, or anytime I get an opportunity like you, Brian, to meet someone who's incredible and to help them stand out in some way or provide some sort of educational, informative um, topic to the people that are hungry to learn something new, I want to take opportunity of that. So right now, um, there's not much of a, of, a, of a schedule. I'm still trying to mm-hmm. you know, figure that out and balance family life and work and everything. But um, a lot of that page is for updates on events on, um, I, I do a lot of bilingual stuff. Right now it's mostly Spanish, uh-huh. but um, I, my goal is to do more English and Spanish. So anything that's related to events, um, community outreach, um, or health is my top interest in promoting and letting people know out there about it. Continuing with that, you said you do, once a week you do a, a newscast on La Raza. Mm-hmm. What do you, why do you do that? Yeah, I do it because for one, again, I go back to, I love informing people uh-huh. what's happening. Um, there's a huge need to do more things in Spanish. And so for me, I love sharpening my skills in any way when it comes to Spanish. It's not the same writing news in English as it is in Spanish. Um, so there's definitely some skill development, but I've been doing this already for two and a half years with La Raza and I'm super, proud of uh, the way that I've come along at first. It's a it's a weekly segment. Okay. So every Friday at 8 a.m. and at 5 p.m., listeners on the radio can hear the top stories of the whole week. So I do a little bit of, um, I do mostly local, but then if there's something really important happening at the nationwide level, I'll report on that as well. Um, and then once in a while, I'll throw in um, some fun stories. And if I'm able to get some sound bites from people, I'll also incorporate that in there. But yeah, I love doing that. And my goal is to continue to sharpen my skills in both languages um, for radio and TV in the future. As a journalist, I always loved asking, you know, getting people to tell their stories, but then part of that was the emotional connection. How do you feel when maybe you run into somebody like, oh, hey, you're telling our story, or hey, I'd love to hear you on the radio. It's good to have somebody around here talking talking to me, talking to us. How's that feel when you make that connection off air? Mm-hmm. Um, it, feels, it feels wonderful. Um, I love that, first of all, that people can acknowledge that there's something that can be shared um, and that, you know, whether I'm providing the opportunity or they're providing the opportunity, I think any opportunity we can get to learn or to help each other. For me, that's that's the way, I'm gonna keep going back to this, it's the way we're gonna succeed as a nation, it's the way we're gonna succeed as professionals and developing ourselves. Um, that's the other point that any opportunity that I can get to help develop someone as their professionalism or their health, um, I try to look for those opportunities and those resources, again, because of my background with 
you know, I, I've seen the need. Mm -hmm. There's many different needs. I know we're not going to solve the problem. Um, we're always going to have those issues. But I think that's why I'm super passionate about the work that different nonprofit organizations do, um, or even journalists, or anybody working, um, even stay-at-home moms. Everybody's doing a part in the community to make better people. I, I, I appreciate it. I love that passion that you've got to, you know that there's gonna be rough spots, but you're doing what you can mm -hmm. to make that change. And there's so many people I've met in Goshen, and so I really appreciate you taking the time to tell me about that and tell us about mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And if people want to find you or see mm -hmm. your work, where's the sure. best place for them to look? Sure, so you can start with um, either LinkedIn, uh, find Yolo Lopez DeMarco, or- I'll put the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, and Or the public Facebook page where you can see um, Spanish updates or the events or what I was talking about. Um, I still have my public last name, so it's Yolo Lopez Perez. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook, social media, Twitter. Um, yeah, reach out to me. Okay, great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brian. That's it for this episode of The People in Your Neighborhood. Thanks for listening, but don't stop here. Get out, meet someone new, and learn more about the people in your neighborhood. Keep up with this segment and my Going Local segments by liking or subscribing to us on Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Just search up Going Local Indiana.